Welcome back to another episode of Somewhere Between, a podcast made by Asian adoptees for Asian adoptees. Hi guys, welcome back to another interview episode. I'm Amy, and today we're joined by our special guest, Ace. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Ace, and I'm 28 years old. I was adopted from the Philippines when I was 17 months, and I was adopted by uh, my Swedish parents. I have a non-biological sister uh, who's also adopted from the Philippines, and that was actually the last time that I visited the Philippines, so, and that was when I was seven years old, so that's quite a long time ago now. Um, I work in Germany as a social media manager, and I've been living here for a little over two years now in northern Germany in a city called Hamburg. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know that the time difference is probably a little strange, but it's really cool to be able to speak to somebody like all the way, not all the way across the world, but very far from, you know, east side in the States for me, at least. Yeah, no, I'm really happy to to be here as well. I've been a big uh, fan uh, of, of the podcast. So I'm really happy to, to, to be on, to be on today. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really glad that we could, I think it's so cool that we can connect with people just from, you know, our little homes, just recording with, you know, pets running around and then we're able to to connect and speak to people. It's yeah, awesome. for sure. For sure. Like it really, like, even though there is like a distance between it is like, uh, like, oh, I've got to sound so old now, but it's like, yeah, the internet makes everything possible. Like, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel I'm only 25 and I find myself using most like cheesy catch lines or saying like, I don't know how to do anything. It's just, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Technology is amazing. I think is a, the perfect way to sum up, you know, this year, let alone, you yeah. know, everything else going on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what was growing up like for you? You know, did you spend time with other adoptees? Did you, you know, what was just your childhood like? So for me, like I grew up in a, um, I guess you can call it like it's not even a village really it's like it's a yeah I don't know what to call it actually but it's basically like a place in the forest on the Swedish uh, west coast and I guess it's kind of around 20 families or something so it's not really oh, that wow. many people very and uh, yeah very small very small so one interesting thing is actually that it was uh, like obviously most most people were white, mm -hmm. uh, obviously because it's like Sweden and on the mm -hmm. on the west coast. Um, but it was quite interesting because there's actually there was another family who lived quite close who also adopted, uh, but they adopted uh, children from Vietnam. So mm -hmm. actually, I always grew up like close to other adoptees but we never really talked about like being adopted and mm -hmm. and anything like that that's really that's a really interesting i think you know in america in particular we talk about like oh i grew up in a small town you know there were like a couple thousand people but no you grew up in a small place 20 families like I feel like there's no hiding anything like you everyone obviously knows each other like that's the epitome of like a little community I think that's kind of cool in its own way yeah yeah I, I guess that's a good way to put it because 
basically most of the families they were like um yeah families with children so most of us in there like we grew up and like play together we played football and uh i, I guess you call it soccer but yeah, uh, yeah we, we call it football uh we played football and stuff together and like we're skateboarding uh, and stuff like when we grew up so uh yeah everyone hang out quite a lot um but yeah uh, so the thing about like growing up in sweden and i don't know maybe it's like this in other in other places as well but sweden is uh very much about uh being like colorblind and not like trying not to bring up like any kind of like differences about mm. people it's kind gotcha. of like um everyone's like oh no everyone has the same value and everyone is the same mm. um so basically for me uh growing up i um i really i really wanted to be swedish and i mean maybe in a way i wanted to be like uh white as well because i'm like okay i want to be like everyone else here and i i don't really want to feel different so for me i really never really thought about uh my adoption at all i was like okay i come from somewhere else but this is like the person i am now and it it's not really important for me uh yeah it's kind of how i felt for most of my life i feel like oh definitely something that you know a lot of adoptees can relate to for sure especially i feel like there's this this big idea when you're adopted um that you know, just like you said, you know, I come from here, but I'm this. And I think that that's just part of the culture of a lot of places of like, oh, it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, now you're, you're this. And it, it has this, I think, blanket idea of, oh, we're all the same and we're all connected. But I think at the same time that as positive the rhetoric can be, it can also be quite damaging to people who are struggling with their identity, especially like, you know, translational adoptees who, you know, yes, I am this but I'm also this. And I think the same can be said about the whole colorblind thing. I feel like we've talked about that before, but that's definitely, it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing, I think. And it's a new concept to people who aren't struggling with, you know, their identities to hear that like, it's both positive, but also kind of damaging in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like around that as well, it's like, the the sad thing is that uh or like yeah i guess it's a, a sad thing that like it doesn't really matter uh unfortunately like what uh like what i thought or like what i think uh or mm -hmm. like in general because uh, uh so in this situation like i am not white so obviously even though i would feel like oh i am like everyone else people would tell me that i'm not so I remember very vividly um, one time when I was um, when I was waiting for the bus. I had just um, I had been at a friend's place and I was waiting for a bus um, to come home. And um, yeah, also since it is like a kind of small um, small village kind of thing, um, yeah, a lot of people have like very. Uh, um, they're a bit ignorant but but yeah anyway so I was I was waiting for the bus and some people were driving past and they started shouting and they were like go back to your home country oh we don't God. want you here 
and obviously that was really difficult because uh like the thing is the first thing um i remember that the first thing i thought about was that i'm like i am in my home country like right, what do you yeah. mean uh where am i supposed to go like what do you mean and yeah so that was obviously very i'm so very sorry difficult. that happened to you especially like you know someone waiting for the bus like who i don't i don't understand people i really don't sometimes yeah no me neither um but it's really it's, it's yeah it's it's really it, it is a it has been a big um like problem i mean we don't have to be like too political uh, here but uh, yeah it's been a like on on the um, on the countryside in sweden it it has been on the rise like racism and and, and stuff for and yeah extreme right wing uh for for a long time and i also remember that like um some of my friends that i grew up with uh like when we when we became teenagers they kind of they met some really like uh bad people and they started to like uh shave their heads and stuff oh, and no. they started to have really weird like um opinions and stuff and i remember that i was sometimes like in very um yeah it felt like it was kind of like dangerous in a way like being together with them because they were hanging out with people that i like as as i mentioned like i didn't think of myself too much as being different but i kind of did feel that some people were really yeah they had like hatred towards me and i i wasn't really sure like why but like kind of now looking back at it i i understand more and more yeah um, i feel like the mo it's like a switch almost like the moment you realize especially as an adoptee that you are like the other in other people's eyes you know what i mean you can't unsee it once you start to to see it around you which is really devastating yeah yeah I'm exactly so sorry that happened Thank i'm you. glad that you're here with us um but oh my gosh that sounds honestly that sounds really terrifying um yeah i mean it was and and i mean unfortunately like it also i think it kind of affected me in in a way because i um like in a bad way because i because also because i had this like very strong uh like um desire to to fit in and like be like everyone else who yeah uh, who was white uh i i kind of i i somehow like picked that up as well so i was kind of like oh uh like i didn't really like it wasn't too many other like people of color like uh or like asians in general uh living um in the city but i kind of i i remember i would always like uh, yeah see people of color and i would kind of have a similar reaction to like what my friends had and like oh look they they are different and different is not a good thing and i kind of yeah it, i yeah now when i'm older i feel really bad about that but because i was like oh i didn't really try to hang out with people who looked like me just because i was kind of like told by my other peers that it's like oh no it's uh yeah it's something different with this these people and uh, yeah i feel like we've all had those moments um not to say that your story isn't unique just to say that like those feelings of like i'm going to reject the things that reflect part of myself because i 
you know, I want to be part of the, the not the other, quote unquote. That's definitely, I think we've all had moments that we wish we could take back like that. I wish that, you know, we had not given into those feelings, but also we're human and we want to fit in with the people that we care about. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I think like it kind of, the first time it, it, it kind of changed for me, I guess it was more um, when I started to go to uni and I I moved to, to a different city. I moved to a university city in Sweden called Lund. And there's like a lot of uh, international students there because it's one of the, the like uh, biggest and most famous universities in Sweden. Um, and I was part of a student organization there. Mm-hmm. And I remember that there was one time where we had, um, uh, yeah, there was a special like kind of social media day or something. Um, and there was um, a girl uh, from, from the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were kind of, we were supposed to fill out um, like it was something about stereotypes and we were kind of talking because she was uh, Asian American and um, I was kind of like, we were kind of talking about stereotypes about Asians and I'm kind of like, um, Oh, but I don't know if I can talk, I can talk about this because I'm not Asian. And she was like, but of course you're Asian. And I'm like, am I like, no, I'm I'm Swedish, but but then because because as I mentioned before, it's like in Sweden, like we don't really talk about like even like ethnicity in the same way as I guess you you guys do in the U.S. Because mm-hmm. I think, for example, when I've traveled there, uh, you uh, you need to fill in like what ethnicity you are and stuff. Like yeah. we we don't have anything like that in Sweden, so I guess that's really? also why we don't think about it too much. That's that's very interesting, I think. Yeah, I feel like in America, we're all about, you know, at least the the, the phrases and the, the rhetoric that we kind of have behind America is that we're the melting pot. We're a blend of all of these different countries. And we talk so much about our, you know, our ethnicities and our backgrounds and, you know, different cultures. Um, it's just such a natural part of the conversation that it, it's, it's like too diametrically opposing opinions that while we're a melting pot and we have all these ethnicities and we have all these cultures we also say like oh we're all the same it's like two combating concepts I feel like in America but it it does dominate I mean it's on our forums it's the first thing that people notice um that's so interesting so in Sweden there's there's none of that there's none like do you have like so in America we have like a census and they literally tally like the percentage of like and you can always say, you know, I prefer not to answer, but the majority of people do answer. So we have all these demographic breakdowns of people's race and ethnicities and stuff. Is that not like a thing in Sweden? Um, so, yeah, I haven't been living in, in Sweden for, for quite a while now and haven't filled in. So maybe it's it's changed now. I'm, I'm not sure. So okay. uh, don't quote me on anything yeah, yeah. about this. But like f- from from what I remember, like, no, it's not really like we don't have it on like uh, on the passports or anything or like ID cards. We, yeah, we don't really talk about like ethnicity and stuff at all, uh, unless it's like in the news or something. So oh. th- th- that's kind of what I meant about this, like that colorblindness is really a big like part of, of uh, like 
Swedes are very yeah. uh, uncomfortable talking <laughs> talking about these things, uh, which I mean, it's like I I still I'm still not sure if if it is a good thing or not, but I th think I'm starting to lean to that is that it's not really a good thing that you you kind of you need to acknowledge people's like cultures and and yeah and backgrounds. I, I would definitely agree with you. I feel like people who say, oh, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. It's just an excuse to ignore the uh, disparities and inconsistencies and the, the racial issues that do plague, you know, the societies we live in, as opposed to like the blanket of idea like, oh, everyone's the same. Well, we should all be treated equally and fairly, but we are different. We need to celebrate those differences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I also... I think it's like, um, yeah, we are different, like we, and we need to acknowledge that. But I think different, it, it, it just means different. It doesn't mean that it's like better or worse. It just means different, and it's like, absolutely, it's neutral. I think absolutely. Sorry, not to divulge from. I just that was so interesting to me as an as an American person, um, where it's so dominant. That's very, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. So yeah, um, but now it kind of it it changed uh, a bit for me now also when um, when I live in Germany um, because now I started to hang out more with uh, with Asians uh, mm -hmm. like actual I, I quote actual Asians oh that no that doesn't <laughs> feel nice to say but people <laughs> who who are. Um, Oh, how, how does oh no like they grew up in either like a home of other asians or an asian country kind of thing yeah yeah exactly gotcha. exactly um so because for example there's a i found out that there's there's a really big like vietnamese community for example here in in hamburg um and i have now I have quite a lot of um, Vietnamese friends and also some Chinese friends. Uh, so really, since I, I started uh, or since I moved here, I started to hang out more with, with other people from, from Asia. That's awesome. So you went to college in Sweden, but now you live in Germany. What brought about the move to Germany for you? Oh, so so that's a, that's a really... <laughs> I'll, I'll try and not be too long-winded, but uh, basically, after I um, I graduated, after I got my bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. I wanted to um, I wanted to start working. But you know, it's always like there's this thing where with getting a job, like oh, you need uh, experience to get a job, but you need a job to get experience. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was really like I was sending so many applications and stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is really difficult. Like, mm -hmm. what should I do? And then uh, I was like, okay, maybe if I get an internship, then that way I could get uh, experience. And I always wanted to, like, kind of leave Sweden. So I found one. Uh, I found an internship in Spain and I'm like oh this looks really cool and Spain is a is a nice country it's really uh, sunny and warm very different from <laughs> Sweden and I'm like oh this sounds amazing um, I want to go there and 
I did, and it was not as I ex had expected. Oh, it no. was uh, a really bad, uh, like the internship experience in itself. It was not good at all. Uh, but I, I met a lot of people, and I mean, it was still Spain, so it was still nice living there. Right. Um, but I kind of felt that um, I'm like I was supposed to be there for six months, but I I was I don't want I feel like I'm wasting my time here, so I I decided to to quit after three months already, and yeah. at the time I had a I had a fascination about um, China because I've always been a very big uh, fan of technology. And I had been reading a lot about this um, city called Shenzhen. I, yeah, I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly, but um, basically that's where um, all the tech from, from the world is like uh, developed and, and uh, produced. So I was like, oh, it seems really cool there. I would like to go there. So actually I had... An interview with a startup that was based there and I managed to get a job uh, there. They hired me, but to start working in, in China, you need a special visa. And at the time, like just before I was going to start working there, they changed their visa rules somehow. So it became much more difficult to get like a working visa. Oh, so basically... Okay. I was waiting um, for like one month, two months, three months, and I was waiting and waiting to for for the visa to like be uh, processed and to be accepted. And after nine months, nothing had still happened, and I was like, okay, maybe nothing is gonna happen. So I kind of decided to okay, I'm just gonna look for. For something else, I guess, uh, like in the meantime, and then we'll see if if this uh, if this is gonna change somehow. But it didn't, and then uh, like all of a sudden, I got a snap uh, on Snapchat from one other intern that I had met in in Spain at the internship that I was before, mm -hmm. and she was kind of showing her uh, studio at the company that she was working at. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And she's like, yeah, I really like, uh, like it here at my new company. And then we started talking and she was like, oh, what do you do uh, right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm working, uh, like I'm looking for a job. And mm -hmm. she, she was, um, oh, that's uh, interesting because we're actually looking for a social media manager. So if, if you're free, I will tell my boss that we don't need to look anymore because I worked with you before. So. So yeah, me? then they uh, they flew me in uh, to Hamburg. I I, I had never been I... to Hamburg before, um, so it was nothing that I had planned. But uh, they flew me in. It seemed really cool, and then they offered me the job, and I was like, wow. okay, yeah, then I'll <laughs> just move here, I guess. <laughs> so fancy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a long story of how I ended up here. But uh, basically, it was not planned. It was very random. But uh, mm. yeah, I ended up here. That's really cool, though. It, it's Oh, God, Bella. Oh, okay. Bella, Bella, chill. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 
Adela, that's not for Ke- oh my god okay <laughs> uh, sorry she tried to jump up on a desk but there was literally no space for her so she just fell and she was like screamed and i had to catch her sorry okay um but <laughs> i'm so sorry um <laughs> why are you like this um it sounds like a really cool sequence of events that you know right place right time right people right occurrences to kind of get you to you know where you are now which is i mean it sounds like you're quite happy which is all you can really ask for out of a job you know Mm -hmm. also very vip of them to like fly you over to the (laughs) to the company like that sounds so cool i've always wanted to have somebody like roll out the like or i'll pull out the stops even if maybe that's kind of the average for some companies, it sounds sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like I did not expect that at all. I was like, oh, I have like zero experience, and they're like, oh, we'll fl- fly you in, and and yeah, it was really it was really cool. Cool, definitely. Yeah. Like I don't know, I would feel like a celebrity. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> so in this period, you mentioned a little bit um, when you know you were in college, you met this Asian American, and you know she kind of you had that moment of like, well, you are Asian too. Did you kind of delve into your Asian identity more? I feel like for adoptees, there's this like two part of like reaching that like Asian adoptee um, understanding and coming, you know, beginning to delve into those feelings. There's, there's the idea of, you know, the realization or coming to the reality of, you know, we may be adopted into, you know, white families or other countries, but we also are Asian. And then there's the second kind of awakening, if you will, of not only am I Asian, but I'm also an adoptee, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I, I would say that that was one of the first times when I started thinking about it, but Mm. um, actually it kind of, did come up a little bit more when when I started working here when I moved here because mm. actually my um so ace is is my birth name uh it's the name that my uh biological mom gave me but mm. I got another name from my uh from my adoptive parents or my parents so my name is uh I mean, I I still officially have both names, but the name I've used for most of my life is Robert or Rob, uh, because that's what my uh, adoptive parents gave me. But the thing was, when I moved here, um, there was already a lot of Roberts in the company. Mm -hmm. And since the company is a gaming company, I was like, oh, maybe I can use... uh, ace because ace is like a gaming term as well yeah yep <laughs> yeah so they were like oh why why don't haven't you like used that before and i was like oh yeah because i had to explain this thing with like being adopted and stuff and mm-hmm. that uh i'm i don't feel like basically i didn't i've never before i never really felt like ace but mm-hmm. um when i started using it at work i was like ah oh, maybe I should start using it like in the in my free time as well because it's it's kind of a cool name so definitely yeah so basically uh since then I've started to use it like all the time and and now um I kind of I want to 
I want to be ace. I want to be the ace. And uh, I'm actually, I, I plan to, um, so basically I have three names in my passport. Like in Sweden, you normally have, you get your like grandfather's name automatically. Oh. And then you get uh, yeah the name that your uh, parents give you. So I've always had three names, but um, like Ace has been like my third name. So my plan is actually to to next year to to change around the names and put Ace first because I want to be Ace first now, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that that is really, one, I think the passport thing is really interesting. I feel like that's such, I don't, no, I can't connect to that, but for some reason, I feel really happy for you in a in a way I wasn't expecting. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like that's so that's such a special evolution for you, and I'm really happy that you feel that way. Does that you know what I mean? Um. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know. It it seems yeah. I don't know. I I feel like names are so. I've always I work with kids and I've always been really big with the kids about, you know, tell me if you ever want me to call you something different. And obviously there's a lot of other implications behind it. Um, for, you know, other like maybe kids wanting to change their name or feeling comfortable. Your name is something so special and personal. And to to tell people I want to be called something different than what deep thing to talk about, um, and a very special thing. And I so maybe I have a, a deep connection with the idea of names, but I'm, I don't know. I really, uh, I think that's really cool that you've made that transition and you feel connected to, you know, the name Ace in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. I also, um, I <laughs> Sorry, also... it was very cheesy. No, no, no. The, the thing is I'm, uh, I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm also very cheesy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I like cheese both uh, uh, metaphorically and uh, <laughs> I like that. That was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I also it, it's definitely like kind of thinking about like when I started using Ace, it it kind of I think it was uh, like looking back at it, it was one of the like first steps that I took, uh, even though it was uh, unintentionally, it was one of the first steps I took to to come out um, of of the fog, so so to speak. Right, definitely. How did yeah. your um, parents slash AP feel about this change from going by Rob or Robert to Ace? Yeah, so they were very supportive of that. Um, awesome. And they, yeah, I was very happy about that as well. Actually, I never, I never doubted that they would be. Um, and it was, it was mostly for like a lot of people that I knew from before. Um, because yeah, most people knew me as Rob and all of a sudden, like I rebranded all my social media handles and everything to Ace. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, who is this person? And I'm like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's Rob, but I'm Ace now. Um, and yeah, it's it's, um, it's been like a, a process for, for, for people to what to call me now. But yeah, I'm, I, wa I want to, I want to be Ace. 
and from now on. That's and cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. So you said that this was kind of the the beginning of coming out of the fog. What other things kind of do you feel led you out of the fog, so to speak? So actually it was kind of like, yeah, this was like the name thing was a small step, but uh, everything else that happened was kind of like, yeah, it was much uh, bigger and more, uh, yeah, a, a much bigger thing. So um, basically, I don't know if, if, if you've got the question before, but uh, like astrology it feels like it's pretty popular and there's like this app called the wave or something as well. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it feels like it, I'm talking about something else, but basically there is one, like you can find out uh, a sign or something, what sign you are, if you know um, what time of the day you are born. Yeah. I have heard of that. Yeah. So basically I've, gotten that question before but this year I got it like many times and I I was like I don't know what time I was born it probably says in my adoption papers uh, that I know that my parents have but as as I mentioned I've never really thought about my adoption so I never thought about um, looking at those papers either um, but basically I was like, okay, now I get that, this question so often, so I might as well, uh, try and find out if it says in the papers. So I, I called my parents and I asked if they could check the papers to see if my time of birth was in there. Mm -hmm. And they looked and they said, oh no, unfortunately it doesn't say in there. It just says uh, this and this and this, and it says uh, the second uh, child born out of wedlock, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, excuse me, sorry, uh, yeah, born that's... out of wedlock? Back up. <laughs> Hold on. What do you mean born out of wedlock? And then, uh, yeah, then they said, uh, oh, yeah, it, it says this here, and it's like in English, and, and yeah, they... Um, yeah, they just speak some English. Uh, mm. So I was like, could you actually send these papers? Because that sounds very, um, yeah, it, that's nothing that I knew about before. Like, what what does this, like, out of wedlock thing mean? Right, yeah. Um, so a few days after my birthday, I... Um, my mom, she scanned the papers and sent them over to me. And yeah, it was at the end of May, I read my adoption papers for the first time. And I had no idea. I mean, I guess it's like, it's different in, in everyone's papers, but mm -hmm. basically there was like, in one of the papers, there was like this whole, or like, yeah, it was like one page, half a page mm -hmm. with like background info about wow. my biological mother and like how how I came to be and oh um, so basically the thing is that I kind of how I understood it for for most of my life uh, when I grew up is that I like that my family was poor and I had a 
biological brother, but the family, they were too poor, so they couldn't um, support like another child. And that's why I was given up for adoption. But when I was reading these papers, it, it said, uh, firstly, that basically my biological mother had her first child with one man. Mm-hmm. And then she found out that the, that the man was irresponsible. So uh, they broke up, but uh, the, the kids stayed with, with her family and they were mm-hmm. taking care of him. But um, then she started seeing another man and they had a relationship. And then apparently once it uh, became apparent that she was pregnant, he left her because apparently he was married to someone else. Oh my God. So yeah, like all these things, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, what, what the, yeah, what what is this? This is nothing. Like I had yeah. no idea about this, and and yeah, basically, then it also <laughs> it tells. Again, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And then it tells the story about uh, how her family. They basically said that they couldn't like take her in if she had another child again. That was also like out yeah. of out of wedlock, and so basically, she tried to. She she was like scared of uh, ostracism and dejection, so she traveled to a different city and tried to make it work on her own, but um, it didn't really work out. And um, yeah, then she she put me up for adoption, and yeah, basically that's uh, that's the story. And like when I read that the first time, I was like, obviously there was a lot of feelings uh, uh, reading that. that's a lot to process and just take in yeah for sure especially also finding this out after like 28 years right that that would be hard to process if that was the the first story you hold let alone if you lived you know your whole life thinking one thing and then all of a sudden it's completely different story yeah yeah definitely um so also, like the one thing that I was thinking about the most was that I felt really sorry for my biological mother, like everything that she had to yeah. go through. And um, yeah, it really, obviously, like reading that kind of like, it's kind of like a in, prologue or like introduction to a story. But then it's like, what happened? What happened after? I I really wanted to, or like, it made it more real for me uh and i i realized that she's a real person and um and yeah uh, and basically one of the reasons why i never opened uh or had a look at these papers before is also because i kind of knew that it would be a kind of uh i don't know if pandora's box or like uh no maybe not or like uh it's kind of like a schrodinger's cat thing like as Mm -hmm. long as i don't look at it like i don't know i don't know what it is about so then i don't have to think about it but once i look at it then i can't go back uh in a way so 
that's why I never had looked at it before. But now once I've kind of opened, yeah, once I've opened the box and and once I saw what was inside, I couldn't go back. Uh, and that's what, that's really what kind of threw me into into all of this uh, and like realizing that I was in the fog and I started to listen to podcasts and uh, one of them is the one I'm on now somewhere between (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um, and yeah I was I was basically uh, thrown into thrown into all this uh, after reading that yeah that is you know, you went from, you know, just fun astrology to all of a sudden, you know, the rug ripped out from under thrown into, you know, all these realizations and quite a 180. Yeah. Did. <laughs> At the drop of a hat almost. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks for tuning into the first part of my interview with Ace. We'll be releasing the second part soon, so keep an eye out for that later this week. If you're interested in participating in one of these episodes, you can email us at somewhere dot between dot podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to join our instagram family at somewhere between dot fam to stay connected with updates casting calls and a whole lot more see you guys next time